Hi, Stacy. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Sure. Thanks for having me. To begin, can you just tell me a little bit about Schoolgirl and what makes your school unique? Sure. Um, well, my name is Stacy Minahan. I'm the assistant director for the Schoolgirl Technology Center South Campus, uh, which is located in Marlin, Pennsylvania, uh, in the northeastern part of PA. Um, so my school is a career and technical education center. So we are a vocational technical school. Um, and we have 12 sending school districts that send us our kids um, throughout our county of Schoolgirl. Um, our, our classes run 90 days at a time. So we're a semester about school. Um, so our kids come to us for 90 days and then they go to the um, the homeschool for 90 days and do their core classes, their academic classes there. So what inspired you to get involved with school climate work? So the main reason I wanted to get in school climate was kind of twofold. Um, first, I wanted to create an atmosphere where students felt like they had a home. Um, our students, like I said, come from 12 different sending school districts and they often feel like they're not a part of their homeschool because they're tech kids. Um, there's kind of a stigma across the country, I think, um, about vocational students, um, and that's no different for us where we live. So for me, I wanted to make the kids feel like they were respected and that they were special and appreciated um, in at least one educational atmosphere. So my goal was to um, make STC that place for those kids. Um, I wanted them to feel like they were part of a family and that they had a place that they could talk to people and trust people and you know grow academically and professionally. Uh, so when I first found out about school climate that was my major goal um, for the students um, and also you know community wise I wanted to try to change that perception of career and technical education um, throughout the community. So um, you know in Schuylkill County people don't know what we do. They don't even know we're there sometimes um, and our kids do amazing things every single day. Our teachers are great, our faculty's awesome, they're building things, they're creating things, they're using those STEM and STEAM skills that are you know, talked about so much and people don't really know that these are the things that our students are doing. So I wanted to kind of open that lens up to those people so they could see into what we're doing. Um, you know, For us, we're kind of the pipeline between school and the workforce in the county as well. So I wanted people to know that, hey, this is an option to prepare you um, not only for college and career readiness, but also for the workforce that we desperately need because a lot of our people are retiring and, you know, we're in a smaller community. So uh, we need to get kids out there as soon as we can um, that are qualified to fill those positions. So, yeah. Okay. So what did you, what did you learn in that first year of uh, doing school climate work? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, the first year I think was basically setting goals and trying to figure out what was possible to do, what we could do. Um, you know, what we really wanted to solidify our, our vision. Um, and for me, I'm a big picture kind of person. So I always do everything with a big framework. So, you know, where are we going to be five years from now? How do we make this work 10 years from now? How do we, you know, make it okay for the kids we have now, but then also for the kids we get later down the road. Um, so that was kind of our goal. The first year we used as a planning year, totally. We didn't implement anything new the first year because we needed to get buy-in. Uh, so there was a lot of that the first year with all of our stakeholder groups, specifically our teachers and our faculty. 
Um, so first year was kind of just planning, taking a step back. What are our issues? What are our challenges? Where do we think we can go? Um, and doing that kind of thing um, right up front. Okay, and how, how did you go about getting um, buy-in from different stakeholder groups? Um, so I first, I went, I have a group in my building that I call the Dream Team. Uh, they're awesome. They're a couple of my staff members, um, secretary, guidance counselor, um, social worker. Uh, so the four of us are kind of like the dream team, I call us. <laughs> so I went to them first and I said, hey, I want to do this. I think we need this um, to get their feedback to see, you know, because I know they're the people that always do things and there are always people that are the go-getters and the people that want to help others. Um, so I went after them first and they're like, yes, this is awesome. Let's do it. We, we believe we can do it. Um, so at that time, I wanted to go and try to get buy-in from our faculty. Um, and during this time, we were going through an administrative change that was not very pleasant. <laughs> um, so I think teachers at that time are craving a change. They were craving positivity. They wanted something different. They wanted to believe that, you know, the administration was there for them and that good things could happen and that their voices could be heard. So. I went after them first for buy-in and um, it was pretty simple um, just because of the situation we were in. So it kind of like fell in my lap at the, the opportune time. You know, we needed a change and this was the way for me to get that change. Um, so faculty bought in right away. Um, then we went after the students to try to, to, try to see what they thought. Um, and like I said before, um, our students often said that they felt marginalized. Um, they felt like people didn't appreciate them. Um, so they were all along looking for a voice, um, but we never gave them the opportunity to have that voice. So they, you know, we started asking questions and we started giving them a little bit of leeway on, you know, here, we can do this or that. What do you want to do kind of thing? Um, and then they, they bought in as well. Um, I think we have an advantage because our kids love coming to our school. So um, they, they much prefer being with us most times than at their home school. So um, they were looking for it to become that place as well, I think. So it all, for the teachers and the staff and the students, I think it all kind of came together right at the right time. Um, so we started working on the students first, um, you know, before the other two focus group or the other two stakeholder groups. Um, and once we had that buy-in, we focused on the parents uh, because they're a huge part of this. So the first year we kind of, the first, I guess it'll be the second year, the first year of implementation, we focused on the parents a lot. Um, and we asked them questions, we brought them in, we gave them opportunities to come into the building, see what their students were doing. Um, and then, you know, we started contacting home more and reaching out and just having opportunities for them to, to connect with us. And I think they appreciated that because it's not something that happened previously. Um, and, you know, like I said, some of the kids, aren't really excited about their homeschool. So for the parents to see them happy and excited about being at school and knowing that, you know, here's my principal calling me just to say, hey, you know, you're doing a great job. Um, that really went a long way with parents. Um, we also started implementing some different programs like the student ambassadors and our student of the year student of the month award so they got to see more positive award rewards coming for their kids uh, which i think is something that they really appreciate it and um, so parents they bought on pretty quickly uh, for us community is kind of two different things uh, we have the industry 
community that we deal with because like I said, we're the pipeline to that workforce. So the industry, we had decent connections with them, but we focused a lot on making better connections with them, um, you know, through our co-op programs and different things like that. Um, we brought a lot of the industry members in to do um, guest teaching and um, speaking, and we took our kids out in the industry and did field trips. Um, we did some stuff with interviewing and those kind of things. Uh, so industry has been craving this, you know, they want it, they need it. They need these kids. Um, they've been coming after us a lot, but it was kind of like, there was kind of a wall there for a while. Um, so we really broke that down and, and tried to make those partnerships a lot stronger, which was great. Um, and then for the overall community, we created a very large social media presence. Um, we invited business members, like I said, in, we invited parents in, we invited community members in. Um, we could do that through our restaurant. Uh, we opened our restaurant more. Um, our cosmetology students could do hair and take appointments and those kind of things. So fortunately, we have those opportunities available to us. Um, and the biggest part for me was um, opening up the school to the school districts. Because back at the beginning, you know, the problem I, ha I saw was that the districts weren't appreciating our kids or the kids felt like they weren't being appreciated at the homeschool. So I wanted to get the districts in there to see what our kids are doing firsthand. You know, if you have Johnny in class and he's, you know, not always the best student, but then you come and see him in carpentry building a wall and it's this amazing project, you have a whole nother, you know, idea of what Johnny can do. Um, so I spent a lot of time trying to get those districts, like the administrators and the teachers and the guidance counselors in through our school to see, you know, what our kids were doing. So I think there's a lot to be said about seeing, um, you know, you know, your perception changes once you see something and it's a lot different than what you imagine it to be. And um, I joke around all the time, but the most common comment I hear is, I didn't know you did that here. I didn't know this was here. So, you know, I was right and we were right. And we thought, um, you know, we thought that was the case, but now we, we knew. So, um, and word of mouth, I mean, for all stakeholder groups, I think was, was really big um, from the students going back and saying, Hey, we love it here. We like this program. Um, you should give it a try, check it out, come do a tour. Um, to parents saying, oh my God, these people care about our kids. They really, they really show us appreciation for what our students are doing. The industries talk to each other. So word of mouth is a very, very big part of this. Um, and we're just appreciative that we were able to get to that point so quickly um, during the process, so. Awesome. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the Student Ambassador Program? Yeah, sure. Um, one of the things we wanted to do was give our students a voice. Um, so the way we went about that was when we did our first surveys, we, our school climate surveys, we realized that our kids felt like they didn't have a voice, but they wanted to talk. Um, and I think that was really relevant when we did our focus groups because they just talked and talked and talked. We could have kept them there forever. And every kid at the end of that, that hour session said, can we do this again? We want to do this once a month. Um, and our focus groups were kids across the board. They were picked randomly. Um, so it wasn't just your good kids or your, you know, the kids that are overachievers, it was everybody. Um, and they, they just kept asking us, let us do this, let us do this. So um, I was like, how do we let them do it? So we don't have a, um, like a group like that in our school, like um, a student services group or anything like that. So uh, we started the student ambassadors to be that group of kids. Um, and we have our teachers nominate kids um, early on in their career, ninth or 10th grade. Um, they're with us 9th through 12. 
so we can train them. Um, so they have to have decent grades. They have to participate, you know, all those kind of things um, that you would expect of those students. And we interview them uh, to see, you know, what they're like, how their speaking skills are. And then we teach them everything they need to know about the buildings. We have two buildings. Um, so they have to know about all of our shops at South and then all the shops at North as well. So if they're out meeting parents at a parent teacher night, they can, um, you know, they have, they have knowledge of everybody or everything about the school as much as they can. Um, and then we teach them public speaking. We teach them about dressing appropriately, all those kind of things. So um, they're really learning to be leaders. And one of the most amazing things that came out of this is that program. Um, I was watching videos today actually about kids um, we did video clips about each of the shops for fourth graders at one of our sending schools um, that they were going to do through Zoom. And um, I just like was so overwhelmed. Like I, I was just like crying because they're, the kids are just so amazing. Um, and to see them shine through like that and to know that they never had that opportunity at homeschool just because they were a tech kid um, really is the piece that gets me. You know, like we gave these kids a voice. We gave them the opportunity to do this through school climate. Um, and I'm just so grateful that they took it and they ran with it and they love it. Um, we had a ninth grade kid make a video. He's brand new. We barely got to see him because of the COVID shutdown. Um, but he was so excited about it. And just that energy that these kids bring is amazing. So they've really been our, our number one recruiting element at this point. Um, they're just doing it and they do it without us asking. They come to us and ask for things. So um, it's been a great addition uh, to our school and, and to allow them to to step up and, you know, take that responsibility of being those leaders. So it's been really awesome. So it, it sounds like the students, once they get a feel for being engaged and using their voice, that it almost becomes sort of a self-sustaining thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they they just keep coming to us. Um, anytime we're, we're stuck, we're like, we don't know how to do this. We, we're not sure what the answer is. We go to them. And they give us multiple answers. And a lot of the initiatives we've done for school climate have come from their ideas uh, because they seriously have way better ideas than we do most days. So, <laughs> um, and, you know, they're, they're living it, they're in it, they, they get it, you know, um, and they, they're, they've been such a big help. Um, but yeah, they, once we let them go, they're, they're excited. And we have kids, you know, I said before that typically we have our teachers recruit kids or you know kind of give us names about kids that they think will do a good job and we have now had kids come to us say hey we want to be involved in this how do I become a student ambassador and we give them the roles and sometimes we interview them too and you know we give them the opportunity because I think that saying no kind of is against what we're saying you know like you can't say no so um, I don't think we've said no to any kid yet at this point um, that wanted to try and they've all been awesome and our numbers have grown exponentially past what I ever thought they'd be. You know, I was hoping to get one kid per shop. And I think we had 60 kids last semester um, that just in my building alone. So, you know, it's, it's a big number of kids. So um, we try to manage it as best we can, but you know, we have a large group of kids that are, are graduating this year. So we have to fill that, you know, we kind of have to make it work every year. Um, so this is our first year of kids that are graduating our student ambassadors. So uh, it's kind of a bittersweet moment for us, but we have a lot of good kids coming up. So it's really exciting to continue on. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. What else has uh, surprised you about school climate work? 
Um, well, I think originally the thing that surprised us the most when we go back to the very first surveys was that we knew that our kids were upset about, you know, homeschools and not just homeschools, but the community and how they perceive people, you know, viewing them. So we were really focused as our, our team, our school climate team on that, like outside um, picture, but we really weren't looking inside because we knew we were doing better than the other schools possibly like the kids were telling us that we like it here because so we knew we had that up on them but when we did the focus group one of the things that came out was that kids were kind of bullying each other between shops and not in a terrible way but you know like the horticulture kids would walk in the cafeteria and they'd be like oh you guys smell because they were outside working in dirt and mud all day you know and it was just kind of like little jabs like that and then you know the cosmetology girls had this, you know, reputation, I guess, just because there are a bunch of girls in cosmetology, you know, which is not okay. Uh, but we didn't see that. We weren't looking at that and we weren't specifically trying to see what was wrong inside. Um, and when we had that meeting and afterwards, after the focus groups, we were like, oh my God, we're doing this all wrong. Um, you know, we need to focus on the inside first and then work on the outside perception. So I think that was a huge, huge turning point for us right at the very beginning that made us realize, you know, we have to do this the right way um, and we have to come about this from the inside out. Um, and that was a very, very big thing for us right at the beginning. So that was surprising to me. Um, and I think the other thing that was really surprising is the buy-in we got. Um, I, you know, you set your expectations when you do something like this really high. You know, you're, when you're a leader in this school climate, you're like, I want to change the world. I want to change how everybody sees these kids. I want to make a positive impact. I really want this to work. And you like you set your expectations through the roof. Um, and that's just my personality. So that's, you know, how it worked. Um, so, you know, undergoing it, you're, you're so in it that you're, you're not seeing those things happen right away. Um, it takes a while for you to be able to step back and look at what actually transpired. And, um, you know, thinking about this and going through all these school climate processes over the last couple of years, um, I'm amazed at the buy-in and I'm amazed at the way it actually worked for us. Um, you know, I just, we've been so lucky to have such great staff and great students and great support. And, you know, the parents bought in and then the community and with the business industry, it just all connected. Um, and it's, it's amazing to me that we could do it in such a short time. And um, I said that today to somebody um, that, you know, it was such a short time and um, we've been doing this for four years. We've been doing school climate. So it's really not a short time, but it is, you know, when you think about, you know, even in that first year, that first, second year, the, the support we got was incredible and the changes that were made were, were unbelievable to me. Um, but, you know, that's the hard work and dedication of our team and our staff and our, our students and everybody just needed it. So I think it was such a good time for us um, and it all just worked together. So, yeah, I'm still surprised by a lot of of where we are right now so which is good surprise for sure um but if we wouldn't have taken those very baby steps at the beginning and went back and started over and you know listened to the kids and and really i think the focus group was probably one of the best things we ever did because it gave us those answers you know we're looking at this data and we're like okay this makes sense but why are they saying that you know and and we asked them and they told us and i think that's the big piece of this is that communication piece um, and if you do it right from the start and just keep doing it the right way over and over, even if though it's a lot of time and energy and, you know, it's a lot 
more work to do it the right way. <laughs> um, but in the end, it's worth it. And I, that's my biggest takeaway is do it, do it right every time and, and you're going to see the benefits for sure. Yeah, definitely. Were there any other, were there obstacles in the beginning or did you have any resistance? Well, yes. Um, like I said before, at the time we started this, um, we had administrator turnover and it just was starting to happen um, as I found out about this program and wanted to implement it. So um, the person that was there with me um, at the time, he wasn't, he was having, didn't want any parts of this. Like it wasn't something that he wanted to do, but um, he kind of said, yeah, whatever, do what, do what you want. Um, so I took it and ran with it because I knew we needed this. So um, at first it was kind of a battle to start it. Um, but once I did it, I was in, you know, he just rolled his eyes at me when I did what I was doing and behind my back and whatever, like, you know, that, that might happen. And it's, it's realistic um, that not everybody's going to be on board with it. But um, if you can get all the right people on board and, and start to just do it and, you know, we kind of were, were under the impression and not that we had a lot of resistance, um, you know, maybe one or two people here or there, but you know, you're either on board or you're not, and we're going to make it really hard for you to not be on board. So, you know, that was kind of the mentality I had was, Hey, this is my building and these are my people and this is the right thing to do. So, um, you know, trying to just push through and, and people were okay. So, um, so that was kind of at the beginning. Um, and the other two challenges that we have, um, are obviously time. Um, time's always a challenge in education or anywhere, I'm assuming. I think it's universal for everybody. Um, you know, we have so many good ideas and we hear so many good thoughts and you go to conferences and you're doing webinars and you hear other school climate teams and you're like, oh my God, it's awesome. I want to do that. Um, but you have to be able to figure out what, what can I do logistically? You know, um, you know, what can we do with the time we have? What can we do with the resources we have? Um, and the other big piece is the team, you know, what can we do with the amount of people we have? So we're not a very big school. Um, we have, you know, 40 people in my building from teachers to admin to, you know, custodians and um, cafeteria and everybody. So we're very small. Um, so it's essentially the same people that take charge and do everything. So I talked about my dream team before and you know, I feel bad sometimes because I go to them all the time and say, hey, I want to do this. Can we do it? And the four or five of us get it done all the time, but it's so much work, um, you know, and it becomes exhausting. So, you know, learning to delegate more and having more people do some more, um, more aspects of this and take control of a lot of pieces of it, I think for me was the hardest part because apparently I'm not good at that, which I learned <laughs> um, through school climate. So that's something I, I get now. I mean, I knew it, but now I really know it because um, I spend a whole lot of time on top of my job doing this job, um, which I love. So it's OK for me, but not everybody can do that or is willing to do that. So um, definitely learning to delegate these roles and, you know, using everybody and not just the same couple people, I think, is something that's really important. Um, you know, and the more people you use, the more initiatives you can do and the more of those great ideas you can implement and then the better off your your uh, program is going to be. So. Yeah. Would you say, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the need to delegate and kind of let go a little bit um, and how that was a lesson for you. Would you say there are other ways that doing the work of school climate has changed you on a personal level? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this has completely changed my life. 
um, in a positive way. And it makes me, I think, a better person, honestly, um, even down to, you know, what I want to do and how I want to go continue my career. Um, I, I've done a lot with um, presenting on School Climate. We presented all over the state. Um, we've been asked to present in a couple of different states um, this summer and next year now. We just got invited to Nashville. So, um, you know, I love that stuff. I love presenting. I love sharing with other people. I love telling them what to do. So for me, you know, it's kind of opening my career path. Like, what do I want to do? And um, I'm kind of at a point now where I'm like, how can I still be involved in the schools and make this better? So my current goal, and I don't know if we talked about this or not, is to try to make this more of a countywide element. Um, even the uh, um, like the student ambassadors, like I want to do more of a countywide team. Um, so like in Kansas, no, not Kansas. Where are they at? Kentucky. Kentucky. Sorry, brain. Um, yeah. So the Kentucky team, like I was just on a webinar with them last week, and those kids are amazing. So my thought is, why can't we do that throughout our whole county? you know, be the hub, be the, the countywide startup of this. And then we've been talking about doing um, the countywide bully bus program. So, you know, I kind of want to incorporate all these things together and do this big picture, um, you know, overall, like expand it and make it bigger to help more people. Um, but my concern is how do I do that, you know, in the amount of time that I have with the resources I have. So um, that's kind of this week's episode <laughs> of how my life is changing. Um, so that's me personally. Um, but I think one of the other things that's really important, a really, really huge piece of this is that when you think about education, um, at least previously to me, it was kind of a really micro activity. You know, I was a teacher um, before I was an administrator and you know, you're in your classroom, you're doing your thing, you're working with your kids, everything's about you and what's going on in that room. Um, and it's kind of like what happens in your classroom stays in your classroom kind of mentality. You know, you're, you're helping your kids, but no one else is really seeing it. Um, so I think school climate has opened up this education as a macro effect um, and a macro activity where, you know, what I do in my classroom affects the community, really. Um, you know, we're, we're getting these kids ready for college and careers and all of those things. Uh, but, you know, what we do in my classroom on Tuesday of this week is going to affect what happens next year in January in somebody's business. Um, so being able to, 